Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Holy Ship Podcast. Today, we are joined by Grace Franklin, who is a blogger, artist, and foodie from the Bay Area. She has many creative outlets, but is most known for her writing at Graceville Teaching on Instagram. Her love for seeing women thrive in their walk with Christ drives her to encourage them in truth, not shy away from hard conversations, and always extend plenty of grace. So we are so excited for you to be on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Just to start off, for people who don't know you, can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, so like you mentioned, I'm from the Bay Area, and I'm most known for my blogging and writing, um, you know, um, Graceville teaching on Instagram, and, you know, like, I just have a burden for, like, young women and teen girls, because, you know, there's just so many lies out there from the world, but then there's a lot of things that in our circle as like Christian young women that aren't talked about theologically. Um, And I just want to like break down those walls and those barriers, but um, and break those things down like with in biblical truth. And that's really hard to do, but you do it scripturally and, um, you know, and just see how like God just will go beyond that and just like use it and reach other women and set them free. Like, and it's just so beautiful to see. And, you know, so yeah, we'll do that through storytelling or we're just like just sassy straight out posts. Like this is what it's supposed to be scripturally um, and this is what, how we need to live, you know? And um, yeah, and just encouraging women along the way. Yeah, just a little bit ah. about oh. me and my <laughs> I love that so much. And yeah, I think at Holy Ship, we totally agree with all of that. And so I'm so excited that we actually get to do an episode with you. And it's always so fun to like connect with people on Instagram and then actually like it's like meet them over Zoom and you're like, I love this world that we like get to do this. Oh, it's so great. Um, But yeah, you and I were like texting a little or messaging a little bit before this and just talking about how so often like young women are told that lust is a man's problem or that like we only see purity as virginity. Like we don't really see like, a more holistic approach to that or like even like how like thoughts play into that like sexually um and so I was just like wondering could you tell us like a little bit about your experience with (laughs) literally any of those topics like whatever you want to talk about and we can just kind of go from there totally so like you uh I'm a preacher's kid so but what's crazy is that my journey with purity started at a very young age um which is I still can't wrap my brain around that um, so growing up, like when I look on my childhood, like growing up, my parents did an excellent job of filtering, like what kinds of media came into our home. So I did not see like sex scenes or pornography at all in our home. Like that was like, they did like an excellent job of keeping that out of our home. Um, but like looking back, when I look back, I'm just like, you know what? I think I had a lot of like sex dreams as a kid and I have no idea where that came from. And I'm talking about as young as like elementary age and I'm just like where did those come from like I have no idea um how we even got there because you know I was never exposed to those things Mm -hmm. um so like I didn't even fully know like what it was or anything it was just kind of like I guess a part of my life I guess you could say and um and it didn't scare me either it was they weren't like crazy but I just but looking back I'm just like you know what that was very intense and not for like a child so I'm like where did that come from um and so then um and like to be honest more often than not I would like forget like during the day like I would just like forget that that happened that night but it was just kind of always a part of my life 
um I feel like as I got older that kind of turned into like lots of sexual fantasy and then it continued to just be a part of my life <laughs> and because like these conversations are like not normalized typically in the church or at home I think we tend to stay silent um, about these things simply out of fear or just not really knowing what's going on to begin with um so like I said, it was just like a part of my life. I didn't think anything was wrong. I didn't know it was wrong or even what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, then I get to high school and I started like getting serious about relationship with God. I like rededicated my life to him and I just started to feel convicted about it. I was like, you know, Lord, I don't know what this is. I don't know literally like, is this a sin? Like, or how to get rid of it. I was like, so is it? Like, I need you to show me somehow, some way what this is in my life because it started to feel like a weight. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just a part of my everyday. Like, lots of sexual fantasy was just a part of my everyday. And like I said, it was starting to feel heavy. Um, and I was just so confused and all of that. So I was just constantly praying for weeks. I was like, you've got to show me like what this is because if this mm-hmm. is a sin, I don't want it in my life. Um, so then um I started like around like age like 14 15 16 I started like um getting into like the Christian girl books and the Christian girl blogs this was like before podcasts was uh-huh. like as big as it is now um so and I was like reading all the blog posts and stuff and I was just like huh I came across uh girl defined ministries and uh it, specifically the oldest sister Kristen her she started talking about her story and battle with lust, sexual fantasy, and masturbation. And I was like, that's it. She's like, was like discovered in a light bulb mm-hmm. went off. I was like, Lord, that is what it is. I was like, I am struggling with lust and sexual fantasy. I'm like, this is what it is. <laughs> and so then they just broke down what God's design for sex and intimacy is as a Christian. And um, and so it just it a light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is what it is. Um, and then what came with that, I was like, thank you Lord, for showing me, but then I experienced a lot of guilt and shame because I was just like, I've had this sin in my life since I was a kid and didn't know it. And I have just been struggling, like, and didn't even know, so didn't even know it was in bondage. Um, and I was just like, what do I, what am I supposed to do? Um, and am I alone? So like, even then I'm like, oh, I definitely cannot tell anybody. Cause like oh. I bought into the lie, you know, that, oh, lust is only a man struggle. Girls mm-hmm. don't deal with that because they're more emotional. Um, and all that, and they don't crave sex. They don't crave intimacy with a man. That's only mental with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking, am I crazy? Like, am I like a special kind of woman? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, am I crazy? Um, but then I came across the blog Lies Don't Women Believe. I think that was run by, you know, Aaron Davis and Dana Gresh at the time. And I saw like more blog posts of women talking about their struggles with sexual sin. And I was like, whoa. And I was reading the comments. There were so many comments of young women and girls saying, yeah, you're not the only one. And they were just sharing the stories. And I was like, oh my goodness like okay I'm not crazy (laughs) you know yeah and then healing you know like it was just it was like okay so what do I do here how do I heal from this because it's been a part of my life for so long so yeah I mean so do you want to like 
diamond that or <laughs> yeah I'm actually like so glad that you brought up how it like you would like have these like dreams at night or whatever but then the rest of the day you're like oh yeah like what was that you know like because for me yeah. like I again like I've like talked about this in a different episode and also talked about at the like she recovery summit but I struggled with like like very like graphic and like abusive sexual fantasies for like since I was like six years old and like I had that every night but like it didn't even like register to me like that that was something was off like I just thought that's how people fell asleep and like yes I was just like of course and like that was just like my sense of comfort and it like honestly wasn't until probably like last year where I was like it felt like wrong all of a sudden where I was like growing like deeper in my relationship with God and I was like wait a second like this doesn't seem like it's aligning but again like it was like I've had this since I was a kid like what am I supposed to do with this you know and like then we had our porn series and I was like researching like accounts to like have on the podcast all this stuff and like seeing like other like women struggle with this like other women like have lustful thoughts because my fantasies were like affecting the way I saw men in my everyday and like immediately when I met a guy it was like could he fit into a sexual fantasy and like that was like my first like thought about a guy and it was like no like this isn't how God wants me to see men either like there's so much more there and like really like working on like combating that was like such a struggle for me and like it still to this day is but like it's just like so crazy that like it does like I had it like my whole life and like really like nothing seemed wrong with it until all of a sudden I was like wait a second and then yeah like the church doesn't talk about lust with women like hardly at all and so it is like very isolating it is because then it's like so I think sometimes we need to change that because I think mm-hmm. what happens is it makes, like you said, it makes women feel isolated. Um, and then from there, it's like, how do we help them? Like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the church is very, very good at teaching us to live a sin-free life and mm-hmm. to be holy and all that stuff. But we need you to teach us how to do it practically, but also not make it seem like a sin is isolated um, from one specific gender. Mm-hmm. we need to stop that yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. because because now look we have this big like boom of like women coming out and saying yeah I've been struggling with this my entire life yeah and now I'm a grown woman about to get mm-hmm. married and now I have all these fears and I don't know what to do and now I'm scared <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it's so like we need to do better so I think facilitating these conversations from both a gracious standpoint but a theological standpoint is what yeah. really like well what heal what heals mm-hmm. you know because we don't teach these women um about grace enough mm-hmm. either yeah um you know and that and we also buy into the lie that oh, when you get married you know you're not gonna you're not gonna struggle with purity anymore mm-hmm. um and that is so that you ended the constant battle for the rest of your life yeah um it's so you know for some it it's gonna look different for everybody but you're gonna always have to fight for purity and I think mm-hmm. like you said facilitating these conversations um is what can really make an impact for mm-hmm. sure yeah I'm curious <laughs> so you mentioned like that you're a preacher's kid as well did you find it like hard or like or I guess what was your experience with like telling people about this or like did you have a community did you feel like extra like guilt because you're a pastor's kid and like who were you like supposed to talk to like what was your experience like with that yeah so I didn't actually tell anybody it was a secret my entire life um because I did it's not like 
my it wasn't like my like a, oh like I can't tell my family but I was just scared I was just like Lord like if you could heal me from this in private that'd be awesome mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like if you could like help me break these shades like in private that'd be really great I really just don't want to tell anybody because I felt so much guilt and shame to the point where um it even affected my relationship with God because I mm-hmm. thought that he was just mad at me all the time um because I struggled daily um so I didn't like God was the only one that knew <laughs> like literally on a daily basis um and maybe I did feel the pressure maybe of being a preacher's kid maybe but I, it just felt like I think more so it just felt like this gross sin hmm. that like you know oh I can't I coming from a Christian home can't deal with that yeah I can't deal with that mm-hmm. I come from a great Christian family um you know that loves the Lord it serves well and I I can't do that, hmm. you know, especially because, like, I wasn't, like, a worldly, like, <laughs> kid. I was, yeah. you know, a good girl. So, it's like, I can't struggle with that. That's hmm. it. So, I didn't, so I didn't tell anybody. Um, I think until, I was, like, 19. I didn't tell anyone until, I think it was about 19. And I, and I had a spiritual mentor that, like, I probably could have told, um, it was just she was just amazing like in my life and uh, I totally could have told but I just felt like you know if God can hear me from this I'd rather it be in private <laughs> mm-hmm. um and I did not have I was like a part of like a church youth group but I still didn't feel like I could tell anyone there just because the conversation wasn't normalized mm-hmm. so here I am going through like all of high school and then part of college, like, uh, and not, not having told a soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I was just like, well, Lord, I was like, maybe I'll just take this to the grave, you know? <laughs> I will just never tell anybody. And then I ended up telling my parents, like, when I was about, like, 19. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. But I just, it's just so, I wish I'd have told someone sooner, especially mm-hmm. because I did start to feel convicted. Like, I need to share this with someone. I need, it's. Like it's a burden. I need to share this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and get mm-hmm. help. But I think because it's not normalized, I think sometimes we get, you know, we get scared, mm-hmm. you know, that we're like a crazy woman. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Um, How about you? Oh, yeah. I think for me, it's so like I didn't really realize it until I was probably like 21. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of where this whole transition happened. So I was like already out of like my hometown. But <laughs> this was like also when we were starting the holy shit podcast and so I was having all these conversations with people and I think that's like really what kind of like dug it up in me and was like oh but then I feel like I also had like a great community because I was talking with people about like pornography and like masturbation on the podcast so I was like (laughs) it's like a weirdly normal part of my life right now (laughs) to be like having (laughs) these conversations and I feel like it really like opened like something in me to be able to like feel comfortable to talk about this and then like to even like talk about that in my community group with like other women that were there and I was like I'm also like I'm like very much along the mindset I'm like yeah might as well like (laughs) I might as well share it like see who else like so that's just kind of like what my default was but I don't think like if I had realized this in high school I would have like or even middle school like that I would have like felt comfortable talking about it with anyone in the community I grew up in so like it's so like I would say like there's a bigger stigma and like my small town in Michigan than there is like in New York City where like sex is like such like a talked about topic like we kind of have to talk about it like in our community groups or whatever because New York's talking about it so much so 
Yeah, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was definitely like daunting to bring it up the first time, but I was like, like, what do I have to lose at this point? You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Especially because you're like, this can't be my way of life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you just like, right. I can't be going on to this forever. I was like, I don't even want to bring all this with my marriage. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what I got is like, I don't want to be bringing all of this. Yeah. Like still the, in the throes of, mm-hmm. of still struggling with it so bad. You yeah. Know? You know, yeah. It's like, I got to like have my people, have my mm-hmm. tribe to like walk through this with me and heal. Like, of yeah. course it doesn't completely go away, but you, it cannot be a lifestyle. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the goal for it to not be a lifestyle. You'll still be tempted, but it's not going to be a lifestyle anymore. Yeah. And you need, yeah. you need your tribe to do that for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like a really big part for me was realizing like that that was my sense of comfort. And like, that's kind of like where my safe space was. And I also like felt safe when a man like wanted me sexually. And so like, that was kind of like a tipping point because I was like I'm not even finding like my value and my identity and like my sense of comfort in God like I'm like finding that in like fake guys like you know, like not even like real life situations like I'm finding that in yeah. fantasy and I'm finding that in lust and like how do I like change that and so it kind of like started this like process of like honestly like me going through the bible and I'm like who does God say I am like as his child yeah. you know and like yeah. really like getting back to the roots and like rebuilding up who I like thought I was just like as a person who God thinks I am and like living in that identity and not like away from it and like that was like a crucial part of me like being able to like fight through this because it's like so hard and like also like how does he see like like how does he see like the guys I'm talking to and then like how am I viewing them like when I'm viewing them as sexual objects like yeah like and like how God's viewing those guys how I'm viewing them and like that's not like aligning with God and like I think it goes back to like how purity is more than virginity like it goes to your thoughts like and like it talks about having like a pure mind and like I was like how do I like combat this now like how do I like bring scripture into this how do I bring prayer into this and so yeah yeah. exactly you know I think I think it's I find it interesting because when we talk about the you know having a pure mind you know I, I was thinking about this. I was like, how often do we consider like, you know, a fifth grade middle school girl who's going through that boy crazy phase? Like, how often do we associate that with lust? Like, mm-hmm. she's going to like, I know this band is like not together anymore, but she's going to a One Direction concert. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like geeking out and, you know, having a good time. But mm-hmm. how much of that mm-hmm. boy craziness that we label as that is lust? Yeah. And, and, you know, it just, it's like, we, I think back to that lie that less is only a man's problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, how do we explain it to these girls who are like, yeah, have these posters of men with like their shirts mm-hmm. off yeah. <laughs> in yeah. their rooms and stuff like that. And how does that affect when they get older? And so I think when we talk about purity of mind, that, I mean, studies have shown that like, you know, it, it like lust and sexual fantasies is what yours masturbation and then mm-hmm. you know when we're viewing porn that that can you know can like fuel the the porn addiction or you mm-hmm. know make you want to go have sex like actually yeah. go and have sex and so you know the mind is set there's a reason why god in scripture says that we need to have a pure mind 
to think on he actually mentions in Philippians 4 8 whatever is pure mm-hmm. to think on these things and so I think you know like when I was just like dealing with like my sexual fantasy like as like a lifestyle like you know when I was young I was just like it's a weight like mm-hmm. you know and you feel like you feel filthy and you feel dirty and it's like and then if, like you said it shapes how you view guys Mm-hmm. <laughs> like because you see a guy and you're just like oh I love him I love him I love him I love mm-hmm. you know <laughs> things like that yeah. and it just warps your view of like how God created them like no mm-hmm. they are they're not just for sex just like you're not just yeah. like the lie that we're told in the world that women are just for sex no we're not mm-hmm. <laughs> it's neither are men and so I think when we have when we're engaging in things like lust and sexual fantasy it warps god's design for community i mean because mm-hmm. we can even go into our church community and see our brothers in christ and we're just like you know yeah. and things like that and it's mm-hmm. like no like we're to we're supposed to be sharpening one another like we can walk through life with these people in community mm-hmm. you know um we can walk with them in community and not be like fantasizing yeah about that yeah in, in a healthy way like the way god intended it to be um but, you know, the, the mind, especially for women, is not talked about enough mm-hmm. because they think we don't, we don't struggle with it. But no, right. you know, we, we want sex too. Like that's mm-hmm. just a part of our nature, but we have to learn to, you know, to govern our thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, um, in very practical ways, because especially like with, with like the both of us, it was like from a very young age, it was mm-hmm. almost like. <laughs> like it was just like like a part of our life so, yeah and we didn't know it was wrong for so long um yeah so I think we have to be we have to acknowledge that like yes women do struggle with this mm-hmm. to the practical steps to being able to fight on a daily basis mm-hmm. to push back against those thoughts yeah. and then remember what God's design mm-hmm. actually is for men and women and then in the context of community mm-hmm. well. yeah that's so good I'm also so glad you brought up masturbation with that and yeah. like we've also talked about this before on the podcast but like for me for like I went through like like a party phase and I was just like very like hyper sexualized and like it wasn't until like I had my first orgasm that like I even had a desire to like masturbate but then sexual fantasies really like played into that and like then I was like well I could masturbate or I could go and sleep with a man and it's like oh which one like lesser of two evils you know and then like it was like that like type of logic but then again like through this whole process it was like what does like God want for me what does he want for my future relationships like what does he want for like how I view sexuality and like all of this and so that like also played into it and like lust is a huge thing because like that's like kind of like the start of it or like even like the end of it like in masturbation like it's very lustful and like again like with sexual fantasies it is so exactly yeah. it feels it feels so much like because like sex in our mind it feels so much of our actions and mm-hmm. I think we don't always equate the two I think with purity culture we were so quick to just say don't have sex mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so to just talk about like the outside exterior that people can see mm-hmm. if a woman goes and has sex with a man and she comes out pregnant we can see that she's pregnant mm-hmm. um or it will get out that oh so-and-so has sex with so-and-so mm-hmm. 
Um, but when it comes to the mind, nobody can see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like only you and God know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think what happens is when we're so quick to say, don't do this, this physical thing, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, we have to encourage them to, I can't remember who said this, but to change the heart of their affections. I can't remember. I saw mm-hmm. that recently. She's the heart of their affections because that does deal with the mind, that deals yeah. with renewing your mind. Uh, and it does, which will also help to tame what you do physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and the actions you perform that people can't see. So it's a matter of, of renewing your mind, mm-hmm. you know, because that will help because the more that you do that, mm-hmm. then as you you will start to, you not say that you won't be tempted and not say that you mm-hmm. won't fall, but it will, it will help you to lose its taste in the worldly mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. You will start to see, okay, this is God's design. Mm-hmm. Sex is meant to, it's not for one person. It's for both of us as husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And this is God is changing my heart to that. I want that. And I think that's why so many women feel guilt and shame because when they realize that they're like, Oh my gosh, I have to basically like having sex with myself, basically, mm-hmm. whether you're, whether it's porn, masturbation or sexual fantasy, yeah. you're taking that all in for yourself. And then you realize in scripture that it is meant for two people, yeah. but and that, I mean, that's where God gives you grace to continue to do that. And as mm-hmm. he changes your heart and your desires for that, then you're not going to want the cheap invitations. Mm-hmm. That's you won't be tempted by the cheap invitations because yeah. you are human <laughs> mm-hmm. and we are sexual beings, but you, you'll be like, you know, what? at the end of the day, I really do want the real deal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that takes time. That yeah. takes years, especially if you've dealt with this for like a very long time, mm-hmm. it takes years for your heart and yeah. your mind to change on it. It's mm-hmm. a daily battle, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about renewing your mind. What are some ways that you've done that that have like helped you? I'll say like more practically. That is <laughs> that's a loaded question. It's been different over the years, mm-hmm. but like, and I'll kind of like track a little bit from mm-hmm. back then up until now. Um, I mean, but the biggest thing is just reading more scripture because mm-hmm. then the more I was like studying, especially specifically God's design for marriage, sex, and intimacy. Um, then I started to see, it started to change my mind about that. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know what? This really is a cheap invitation. Sexual fantasy and lust really is a cheap invitation mm-hmm. of what I ultimately want. Yeah. Um, and so, so definitely scripture, reading more of it, um, reading more of it on a day-to-day basis, but specifically mm-hmm. making sure that you read those passages that really counsel your heart toward mm-hmm. this specific issue. Yeah. Um, and so I remember uh, memorizing scripture helped a lot too. There were a few verses that like really helped during like during my high school years. And that one was Philippians 4 8, you know, finally, mm-hmm. brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent, think about these things. Um, that was definitely ways I've also definitely like also scripture. Also, prayer. But so prayer. You know, it was a big part, but one thing that I struggled with was being feeling guilt and shame before mm-hmm. him. So my prayers often look like, 
oh God, I'm so sorry that I'm such a failure. I'm so sorry that I messed up again. I'm so sorry that I'm like just worthless. I'm so sorry that I'm stupid, that I like did this, this, this. And like, and how can you possibly love me? And you're just, I'm sure you're bad at me a bit, just ready to just like throw me to the dust. It was that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But over the years, I just lo- had to learn more about God's grace. And it's still a struggle for me. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've been writing about a lot mm-hmm. lately. It's just, um, you know, when I go to prayer, um, when I go to the Lord in prayer, that because of his grace, I can go boldly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I could go there. I could go to him when I messed up. He's not, he's not an angry God just waiting to like point his finger at me yeah. and tell me about all the things I'm doing wrong. But there is grace there. And that is like the best place that I can go. Yeah. Um, so going to the Lord in prayer, being honest, but being honest with him about, yes, I feel so bad about this. And, and I agree with you that this is sin. Mm-hmm. But also going there and coming back, coming out and being like, you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. And there's grace for you to move on. And his grace, when you ask for forgiveness, his grace kicks in immediately. You mm-hmm. don't have to wait yeah. until the next day. But go to the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. And that was really big. And that that's been that prayer has been a whole journey mm-hmm. for me, even up until now, um, of just being authentic, but it also, you know, speaking truth in my prayer in prayer. You know, what it, it's like reading scripture, like in prayer and mm-hmm. um when I don't know what to pray but it because it doesn't always it doesn't just glorify him but mm-hmm. it also like keeps me in check and to not to accept his forgiveness and to not wallow in guilt and shame yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. so those are some big ones um another way that I would like um that I would like fight the sin is to just continue to like fill my mind with like pure things overall so mm-hmm worship music um and not just that but just art and creativity that was a big thing for me um which I think is not talked about enough because I think when we talk about purity we just think you know just like just scripture just Mm -hmm. you know just biblical things which is awesome that should be but I think aside from that that we that we need to talk about is go and enjoy the good parts of life Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know go serve at your church like I remember I was a part of my um, church's youth group internship that helped so much mm-hmm. during that time because I was like, I was actively serving um, mm-hmm. and um, and just learning more about youth ministry and all of that. Um, and then I also got to use my creative um, gifts and talents and, and just even doing that in my free time, just like do art, do photography, write yeah. stories. Think about the good things mm-hmm. and whatever is right and true. All of like the good things, like just go and live life. Don't don't allow guilt and shame mm-hmm. to rule your relationship with mm-hmm. God, to rule over you as a person. But that every good thing is a gift. And even the best of is a gift, but God will be with you no matter what. You yeah. know, but just go, go and live life, you know, mm-hmm. and enjoy the good gifts that God has given you. Because I think guilt and shame really makes you feel like you don't deserve anything like yeah. god i completely messed up i don't deserve mm-hmm. anything good but he gives he's the giver of good gifts always mm-hmm. and just go and enjoy life that was a big a big thing that helped yeah a yeah. lot yeah mm-hmm. that's awesome i think like 
for me, a big thing was like actually reading my Bible and like memorizing scripture, like you're saying. And it was like, for me, like, I'm like a very logical person. And it's like, what am I inputting that's getting out? But you know what I mean? And so I'm like, it's also like with like media was the same thing. Like, I'm like, I'm like not going to watch certain movies or certain TV shows that have like sex scenes or like heavily imply it or like talk about like certain things because I like know like that'll just like get my mind thinking about it and like that's what's going to be going in my mind all day versus like if I start the day by reading scripture and I'm like let's like meditate on this verse today and it's like when that's going through my mind I struggled so much less because Mm -hmm. like that's like what I was focusing on and like I like see the difference like when I stop reading my bible or like go through like a week where I'm like oh have not picked that up like I like struggle more with sexual thoughts and lust again and I'm like very like direct like correlation like in my mind and like I think that does go back to purity of mind it's like what actually are we using our thinking space for you know like what's going in what are we actually like choosing to like think about and exactly Mm -hmm. like I mean I think about books and uh, books and music as well yeah yeah one thing that um we kind of touched on in my community was erotica that was one thing Mm -hmm. we touched back some some time ago and just in certain romance books and novels I mean it did music like I'm a huge music buff so I've always had very like I listen to music almost Mm -hmm. (laughs) 24 7 probably not the best thing to do (laughs) (laughs) um but like I have very strict um parameters for myself Mm -hmm. um when it comes to music um like just period because you have to know yourself like what Mm -hmm. first of all what is what is sin first of all because that cuts off a lot but then what will cause you specifically to sin Mm -hmm. because then that will be that would be different yeah for example um like the show you know what calls the heart on homework Mm -hmm. like you may be able to watch that like I watch that I love it and it's fine but another woman like that's like a clean show like Mm -hmm. there's no there's absolutely nothing in it but for another woman that might be very different for her Mm -hmm. where she's like you know I can't have romance in my life period like you know so but yeah I think making sure you have like a filter and knowing yourself like what personally Mm -hmm. causes you to stumble um and getting rid of those that is very good point making sure Mm -hmm. to cut those out so but like I said it was a little different for me because like in in our home like stuff was like filtered like which was great so Mm -hmm. for but like the older that now that I'm like older I'm like yeah I need to have my own I need to have my own filter, my own boundaries. Since mm-hmm. I'm more control, since I'm in control of what, um, what I allow mm-hmm. in my home and in my mind, it was like I've got to have a strong filter. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to talk about too. Is like as as a person like gets older, mm-hmm. ta- encouraging them to yes, your filter may be different than what you were raised with but you need to have a filter for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Philippians 4.8 was often a filter for me mm-hmm. for like everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, making, yeah, mm-hmm. getting rid of the things that cause you to stumble is a huge thing because you don't want to be like praying, Lord, help me to like conquer this sin, but you're mm-hmm. still feeding yourself. Yeah, yeah. Things that feel it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I actually don't know if you mentioned this before. Are you like dating or are you married or like? No, What's... I'm okay. single. Okay, so- <laughs> If you're like going on dates or like in a relationship, how do you like bring this up? Because like you have an Instagram where you like talk about these things. So like it's rather like public. Like, have you had to have conversations where you're like, hey, like I either struggle with this or even like further in the relationship, like I don't watch these types of movies or I don't do this or, you know, 
and like how is yeah. that like gone or like how do you go through that so this is right I was just talking to my sister-in-law <laughs> about this because it's like how when did I how and when do I bring this up um because I haven't like I haven't dated much mm-hmm. um so or to where it got far enough to where you know mm-hmm. like like I needed to say anything but I honestly like I've been just thinking about like okay what would I do yeah so just like thinking about like what would I do in that case mm-hmm. um and, you know I mean I feel like there's many avenues you could go I mean if it is just if you if the kind of guy that you're dating if you guys just kind of like have an open relationship where you're just always kind of just like talking mm-hmm. about your relationship with the Lord and your testimonies all the time and just like how he's redeemed you and things like that Mm-hmm. then it probably is just gonna like come up naturally yeah um for me personally I don't think it would go down that way um <laughs> because I think because I'm still healing from just guilt and shame mm-hmm. in my life I'm not like always quick especially this era just quick to just always say I mean mm-hmm. even talking about this in the podcast like my community yeah. We haven't like I haven't like shared this with my community mm-hmm. just yet <laughs> yeah um we're building up to that um so if he's whoever I'm like gonna date he's, like you said he's gonna see it mm-hmm. but I think um personally how I probably would go about it is when I feel like things are getting serious when we're start, starting to talk about you know marriage and mm-hmm. wanting to commit our lives to one another um you know I would tell him more in depth of you know of the struggles that I dealt with um in the past I mean it's scary to think mm-hmm. about because for so long I thought you know I was like I have a past with this I was like mm-hmm. just thinking like and I still struggle with this since day to be honest yeah. like oh you know what a guy's not gonna love me a golly man like my husband mm-hmm. like let's tell him he's probably gonna like wait but he's gonna be like nah <laughs> I don't I don't want anything to do with her like yeah she's redeemed and all that but whatever mm-hmm. she she loves the Lord, all that, but that doesn't matter. I'm focusing on the fact that she has a past. I mean, because mm-hmm. there's some guys that are literally like that. Like, they will, yeah. you know, they will, you know, they will discount everything. All mm-hmm. of the conversations you've had about the Lord, and just, yeah. they just see your heart. Right? Mm-hmm. But it means nothing when they realize that you've, that you've struggled. Yeah. Um. So, honestly, I think for me, it would be a thing to where, you know, I would just tell them, like, when we start. Mm-hmm getting serious um it kind of just facilitated like yeah like let's just put everything on the table Mm -hmm. because we're gonna need to do that um and it just you know making sure that we both extend grace to Mm -hmm. one another yeah you know because we don't do that enough Mm -hmm. um especially if you are redeemed in the lord and you are it's not a lifestyle anymore Mm -hmm. um you know and god is really like redeemed you from that Mm -hmm. so yeah I honestly think it'll just be a thing where I just like let's get everything on the table our past struggles Mm -hmm. what we currently struggle with what are we doing to actively fight these things and you know if this is a you know and then just kind of like go for it yeah 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 Mm -hmm. how about you like how have you like dealt with this or yeah I think (laughs) so this is like gonna sound so odd but this honestly normally comes up or like the conversation starts when I'm on dates and drinking comes up because as part of like my like journey to like pursue purity as a whole, 
my like drinking habits look vastly different than what they like did a few years ago and so like I don't drink on dates and like in New York like you just go out to drinks for dates like that's what you do and so like I'll either suggest something else or like I'll go to a bar but I'll get like a diet coke or something instead you know and like it always like brings up questions and I like start sharing about how like when I'm drunk I'm not honoring the lord like I say things like I like act on things like I'm just like not like having a pure mind I'm like having pure actions when I'm drunk it's like for me like I had to like really reframe drinking and then like I start talking to them about that and like also like another thing is like when I get drunk like I want to have sex like and there's really nothing stopping me and so like it's also bringing that up and that like normally like happens I would say like pretty early on for me like I don't like share like in great detail but like I kind of like start the conversation there just because it comes up and I'm like yeah like I don't like drink because like I'm pursuing purity and like this way and like I've like struggled with this and like all this jazz and they're like okay and then I'm like and also like and like the conversation (laughs) kind of flows and it's not always like the first time we have this conversation like I'm like yeah I struggle with like lust and stuff but like it like kind of opens up (laughs) the conversation that like comes back and like eventually like I like start talking about it but like weirdly wow, yeah. the biggest starter of that has been alcohol so yeah. wow <laughs> I didn't even consider that but that is I mean that is so true um but yeah I mean that's that's pretty crazy how it kind of like happens for you like early on I mean but I think honestly that's it weeds people out <laughs> oh it it like, does <laughs> so far none have been successful but <laughs> yeah I mean like I feel like when you do, I mean, that's one option. I mean, just like tell them straight mm-hmm. up. And I mean, then it weeds, it weeds them out because then they're like, he's just like, oh, well, I'm about this. Or I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with you. I was like, okay, well, then you're not God. Farewell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so, yeah. But I, honestly, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, how are they going to act? And that's why I was mm-hmm. like, I need to like build like a trust. You know, and of course, it's not just like a thing where you just like, blow, oh, yeah, I show mm-hmm. my period. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we'll probably like, it will probably just come up in conversation, just like mm-hmm. little things here and there. Yeah. And then there'll be a point with time where we just have to like, like I said, lay it all on the table. And we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, this is what that looks like. For me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know? think like, yeah. you kind of like talked about this earlier, but like a huge like fear of mine is like being rejected for like what I believe. And it's like, it's a good thing because like, I guess it is weeding them out, but it's also like, ah, like that really cut like a little deep, you know? And like, it is, especially when it's like Christian guys. And I'm like, oh, I thought like you would have gotten this, you know what I mean? Like of everyone, like, I feel like you would be able to understand, but yeah, it's like, it's rough, but worth it in the end, so. I agree. Yeah. Cause like, like you said, you would think that, okay, you would at least get it. Like your convictions (laughs) might be different, but you would at least get it and honor Mm -hmm. that. It'd be like, okay, I will like, you know, adjust my thing for this. But um, it's just crazy because then you're like, okay, were you, are you low-key like the world a little bit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, because I think, and I think as Christian women, we have to, this is why we have to have a personal relationship with God because mm-hmm. we have, we have adopted this mindset that if you're a Christian woman, you're a whip and you're a pushover mm-hmm. yeah um and that you're not bold but no mm-hmm. if you're a christian you're called to be bold mm-hmm. of course it'll, it'll look different than as a man being bold yeah but you are called to be bold and mm-hmm. um and to speak truth um and and live by that it's so that means having convictions and being firm on that which is hard to do mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> um, which is hard to do especially when 
you know, it's something that you really want. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it gets difficult, especially when we start talking about, you know, convictions that maybe, you know, that, which is strange, but that even Christians don't agree on that you mm -hmm. think we should like yeah. about sex before marriage. Mm -hmm. um, and, or even just issues that, um, like you said, with the drinking thing, like, do you, you think, cause then you could ask, okay, this is my conviction on this. Do mm -hmm. you want to honor, honor me enough to like, be like, okay, I can let this get, does this have mm -hmm. such a stronghold in your life that you're like, okay, I can't give this yeah. up yeah. if I want to pursue you. Mm -hmm. um, things like that, but it is hard out there yeah. to stand firm on your convictions. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's yeah. very difficult, <laughs> but, we're, but we're called to be bold on that, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I also like love that you brought up that like we are called to be bold. And I feel like so often I actually like forget that. And I think yeah. like I always like see like my faith as something like it's like definitely like active in my life, but it seems like passive like sometimes. Like yeah. it's a great reminder that we are called to be bold. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Especially as like um like when we're in that in between, like we're mm -hmm. like when we're single, like we're not married. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I don't even see like a people talk about marriage in a way, this is kind of like a, a separate topic, but just as women being bold, I've seen people talk about marriage, Christian marriage, yeah. mm -hmm. as like a woman being a pushover and a whip when she gets married mm -hmm. and that she like loses her voice yeah. um, and she, and things like that. And I'm just like, no, that we just use our voices differently mm -hmm. than men, you know, yeah. but if, but we're a Christian first always, but we're called to speak truth mm -hmm. and even if it's different, and so mm -hmm. it's hard because we, I think, because we weren't, like, when it comes to, like, women's ministries, we didn't have theological conversations. Mm -hmm. It was just always the emotionalism. Oh, blue yeah. are your placated. Oh, you know, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. There's a place for that. Um, but at the same time, uh, it kind of made us, it made us wimpy because, mm -hmm. like, we weren't studying our Bibles um, and we're taught theology, but we can change that mm -hmm. and see how how does God use women in every season yeah. um, of life, and what does that look like mm -hmm. in God's order? You know, yeah. but yeah. you know, but we're called to like be bold, and it's a beautiful thing when a woman does it biblically. And mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. And if anyone wants to like reach out to you, if they want to follow you, where can they find you? Yeah, so like my main space right now is on Instagram at Gracefield Teaching. Um, there you'll see like a little bit of everything. You'll see like you know like photography stuff, um, more like tweet like post, uh, some storytelling kind of posts as well, just for fun. And uh, yeah, you'll I you know you'll be encouraged. You'll leave there encouraged um, always, and it's always the goal. Um, to live out biblical womanhood correctly mm -hmm. and with joy and with mm -hmm. grace all in life. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love that. And as always, if anyone wants to reach out to us, they can find us at theholyship.podcast on Instagram or at theholyship.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>